Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I am so excited that you're here. I'm your host, Katarina Kormas, Mindset and Success Coach for women who are ready to make the switch to living life their own way. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring conversations with women who have courageously stepped out of their comfort zone, overcame their fear, took bold action, and embarked on a new journey to transform their lives. This is where you get inspired to connect to who you truly are, to live authentically, stay true to your dreams, and embark on the adventure that you were born to take. This is where the true joy revolution begins. the true joy revolution i'm excited that you're here to join us uh, i am introducing you today to topsy vandenbosch she is a mental health therapist in private practice and she also is a business mindset coach topsy thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me kat i'm so so happy to be here and to be talking to you guys and telling you a little bit about my story um yeah. i yeah Yes. Do you want for me to yes, tell? Okay. Tell us Yay. about. Well, right now you you are a you're in private practice. And yep. A business mindset coach. Yes. Tell a little bit about the journey on how you got to where you are now. Yeah. So I um I got a degree in social work. Um. So I got my bachelor's in social work, and um the influence for that was my mom. She's also a social worker. Um, and I ended up getting my master's in social work. So I got my MSW from Michigan State University, go green, go white. And, <laughs> and, um, I loved my master's program. It was fantastic. Um, I went into social work because I knew that I am a person that I need to have options as to what I'm doing for my career. I never, I personally never believed that we were meant to stay in the same place for the rest of our lives and be content. Um, I believed that um, where you're at most of the week also determines where your emotional state is at. And so um, for me, I wanted to do something different. And so with social work, you can literally do anything you want. You can work in the schools, you can work in residential treatment, you can um, you know, work for the state if you want to, you can be a therapist. Um, you can literally do anything you want. You can work with the older adults in the nursing home. Um, there's just like so many options. You can work at the state level, um, doing a lot more community-based advocacy, um, and programming things. Um, so you're not limited at all. And so I knew I wanted a life without limitations. And, um, that was, that was super important to me in my journey. And so, um, I got my MSW in 2011. Um, and after that, I launched into the big bad world of work of working with um, people who um, struggle with you know a range of different issues. Um, <clears throat> my first job was in Flint, and I was a case manager for um, individuals who had um, severe, to, severe to persistent um, mental health diagnoses. So these were individuals that. Um, were diagnosed with you know, bipolar disorder, um, schizophrenia, um, major depression in combination with um, a bipolar disorder diagnosis, um, and substance abuse co-occurring. And so this was a tough population, but I enjoyed it so much. 
but um, Flint in 2011, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. Um, I was there for, I lasted six months and um, I had a gun pulled on me <clears throat> at a certain point in time. And so after that, I got a job in a residential treatment center as a substance abuse therapist. Absolutely loved it. I worked with teens and I did that for a little over two years. And then I got married to my husband, Nick Vandenbosch, and he's a private, um, he's a doctor um, for Mercy Health um, Hospital System. <clears throat> and he, uh, we, he moved me to the west side of Michigan. And so um, I worked in outpatient uh, mental health. And uh, eventually, I transitioned to working at the prison. And I've actually had other contingent jobs in between there that I loved. Um, and so I've just done a variety of things in my career. And so um, I was at the prison for nine months. And um, that was an interesting experience. Um, really, really difficult. Really difficult. Um, but I learned so much. Um, and so after that, I ended up going into private practice, which I've been in private practice for the past two years. And so that is, that's my journey. And so I also have another business as a mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. Wow. Wow. That's some, some resume. Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot that I've done, um, but I don't regret any of it. I love it so much. I love the business of, I love just the helping profession and just being able to help people. And now my focus in my private practice is working with um, women um, who are in their careers or who are entrepreneurs who are struggling with depression and anxiety. Wow. Um, so in my private practice business, that's what I focus on primarily. Wow. I love how you knew from early on that you wanted this ability to have options. Absolutely. And, and it sounds like you really explored different areas as you grew in your career to finally come into, because it wasn't just your professional that right. was growing. It was you personally. Um, yeah. Come to the point that you wanted to work one-on-one -on -one in your own environment. Yes. And then yes. opening up that door to work with entrepreneurs in the mindset world. And Absolutely. Yes. So it was definitely a journey to getting there. Um, but I had a feeling that God was leading me towards being able to work for myself and making an impact in that way. Because at that point in my career, when I transitioned to working for myself, I had already worked everywhere that I wanted to, um, except for the schools. Um, but I had already done everything and not everything, but I had done most things. And I was getting to a point where I felt like I had the experience. I had worked with many populations doing many different things and I knew what I was good at. And, um, I knew that I was meant to do more. And, um, I got a phone call from one of my friends. Her mom had a private practice. And um, initially, actually, before I worked at the prison, my friend's mom, <clears throat> she had asked me, um, hey, I am wondering what your thoughts are on private practice. And at the time, I was, I was just afraid. You know, I knew that I wanted to go into private practice, but I didn't think that it was possible to work for myself at this 
stage in my career. And so I didn't heed the call. And I said, no, thanks. I'd rather work in the prison. <laughs> I want the security of, you know, insurance, benefits, all of that. And, um, you know, at the prison, there were so many things that happened and that I knew I had to, I knew I had to get out of there. And um, I knew if I didn't get out of there, something bad would happen. I don't know why. I just had this feeling. And so um, I ended up getting another phone call. This was like, so this was maybe 10 months later or 10 months later. So I had been at the prison for nine months and that nine months and some change. And then I got another phone call from my friend's mom. And she says, hey, we have another opening. And I prayed about it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I made the leap. Wow. And I've never looked back ever since. So you trusted your intuition. I did. It was scary. Yeah. It was really scary. I'm not going to lie. Making the switch from working, from working for, you know, someone else, which is completely fine. But doing that and the safety of that and then making the switch to um, essentially, you know, working for yourself and paying, you, you know, and like being responsible for the client flow and all of that. It was really, really scary and really difficult. What were some of your doubts? <sighs> My doubts, I felt like, who am I to do this? Um I don't think I can do this. I'm not savvy enough. I'm not um, salesy enough. I don't know anything about marketing. I'm not smart enough. Um, I'm smart enough to work for someone else and see clients that way, but I'm not smart enough to run my own business doing it. Um, I'm not going to know how to, you know, ask clients for their co-payments. I don't like talking about money. I had so many limiting beliefs about myself and my skill set and what I could do and what I couldn't do. Um, but I, I decided to do it anyway, despite all of that, which I'm really, really proud of and happy that I did. Cause I, I do think that there are a lot of people that allow that to stop them from going after what it is that they want. You yeah. know? Yeah. When you, when you decided to pull, pull the trigger and go do it, um, what was that transition from the doubts to the reality like how did you so you did it you're in private practice how did you prove yourself wrong with all those doubts oh I asked for help mm -hmm. a lot I was really I've never been a person that's too proud so I asked friends colleagues um, people who had already been in it um, I asked them for suggestions I asked them for help I put it into action I asked for advice. I consulted with my colleagues all the time, constantly. I bugged them to death. Like for the first six to eight months, it was, I don't know this. How do I do this? What do you do for taxes? Like it was all of the stuff that I just went and found the answers to. I Googled, I listened to podcasts um, regarding private practice. I read blogs about private practice. I um, I just really slowly, slowly started to gain more confidence in that I can do this. I just need to ask for help. Um, I can't do this alone. And it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't mean that you failed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's what helped quell a lot of those doubts is that I really felt like, you know what? 
like I, the worst thing that can happen is that this doesn't work out, but that's kind of up to me. It's up to me how this plays out. It's up to me how, it's up to me how this works. And I was determined that it was going to work. Well, most people, any entrepreneur, <laughs> yeah, didn't know anything when they started out. They had Oh, it's so hard. What does Marie Forleo say? It's, it's figure outable. <laughs> yes. She always says everything is figure outable. Everything. Yes. I mean, Google tells you a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really does. Sharing their how-tos now. Yes. And I think that's a, with a lot of fears and doubts, people don't realize that you just have to explore. Like, know that, yes, you have this fear that you won't have health insurance, but go right. and explore what your other options are. Right. You nix the whole idea because of health insurance or yes. you, know you can make the same salary, figure out how you can do it. Right. Yep. And how many clients you need to see in order to survive? Like what is your bottom line? What do you need to pay your bills? What do you need to pay health insurance? What are all, you know, how, how many clients do you need to see? How many days a week do you need to work? I think for a lot of people that creates that sense of that safety net, like, okay, like as long as I'm seeing this many people at the minimum, and oftentimes it's a lot less than what you think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like based off of like the salary you're making at a company, you're really making pennies. <laughs> Essentially. What, you know, per hour based off of what you can make on your own. Right. With, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think um, being able to create a plan and to um, just create a budget for what, it, and I think oftentimes we, it's okay to want like lavish things and to have different things that you buy each week that just kind of help fuel you and help keep you feeling motivated. Like for some people it's Starbucks, for some people it's going out to eat a couple times a week. But I think when you want to make the leap um, and you want to jump into, you know, starting your own business, I think it's important to maybe at first cutting that stuff out, you know, maybe not having that be a part of your initial you know, budget of how much I need in order to run my, you know, how, you know, how much I need to make in order to run my business in order to make it. I think we have to make those sacrifices at first and then eventually you'll be able to add those things in. And before you know it, it's it, not even the same. It's even better than where you were at before. Yeah. Cause it's yours. It's it, yours. You, you're more proud of yourself and it's yes. just, like you do have to make sacrifices, but you're going to make sacrifices for what you really want. Yes. In your life. Yes. It's living life your own way. You know, it, um, you know, when you work for somebody else, you're in these confines of like their hours and the way they want to do it. Where mm -hmm. here, when you start to realize I can live my life my way and do yes. my schedule and do what I love and still have time for my family. And Right. And I also think too, because I truly believe like this world also can't, um, I don't, I mean, this is just my personal belief. I think that in the world that we live in, we need people who want to be employees that also don't want to run their own businesses. And because eventually as an entrepreneur, you might have employees, right? And so 
you might actually have people who you have to have W2, you know, like who you have to have on the payroll. So I think it's about determining like, what do you want your life to look like? You know, um, what are you willing to sacrifice and what are you willing to just do yourself? Like, what does that look like for you? Do you want the 401k through your, you know, company where they match it? That's pretty awesome. You don't have that in entrepreneurship, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you can still make a boatload of money and retire and have more money than you know, than you know what to do with, but there's a plan for that and you just have to be more strategic, but it's all possible. It just depends on what living your life your way, what do you want that to look like? What does it look like? And it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship. I mean, it's just making sure that most of what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis is what you truly want. Exactly. And you know what? Maybe it's, you know, not just the employer you want to change, but maybe it's the entire career you want to change. But yes. not always feeling like you're stuck. Where you yes. Are. And to be able to ask yourself those questions that yes. I really want to be doing this. Right. Something else I'm dreaming of. Yes, absolutely. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough time to ask those like super introspective questions. Yeah. Because I think in order to do that, there needs to be some silence, some quiet. Yeah. And stillness. And some people are afraid of the stillness. <laughs> Stopping for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Just stop. Slow down. Slow down for a little bit. You're, you're fine. You're good. Um, so I think that sometimes we don't always give ourselves like that space and grace to be able to just say, okay, what is it that I really want? Because sometimes we're caught up in the hustle and bustle mm -hmm. of life and all the things we have to do. And we're not always thinking about, well, what do I want to do? Yeah. We're so focused and stuck on inside of our lives. Mm -hmm. I guess I would say the life we're living, mm -hmm. but not stepping out to the to our lives like really, yes a lot of times what we're doing is because somebody else wants us to it's the only option we think we have right we're stuck in the life we're living but not necessarily open to the life we can have yes 100 percent. 100 percent. i agree with that yeah and also you know uh, i was interviewing julie watson last week and she brought up a good point she's like you don't be op always open to be exploring and, you know, don't stay in the confusion or don't stay stuck. Mm. Always open to exploring. And maybe it's not that you just want to be one thing, but maybe you want to be right. something here and something over here and change this part of your life. Maybe you want to move to Tahiti, open a tiki bar and be a web designer all at once. <laughs> like, right. You yeah. You can only be a mental health therapist. <laughs> very, very true. I love that. I love that outlook so much. Yeah, because you can't, it's about being fulfilled. And if yeah, the only thing that fulfills you, but something over here does, and then being with your family more does, then you figure out how to live that life. Absolutely. 100%. I love that. I love yeah. that. So, so yeah. Yeah. So your so how did you change along your journey? Like as a person. As a person. Oh my God, <laughs> girl, these questions are deep. <laughs> Love it. Go uh, here. Yeah, you're we're getting deep on True Joy Revolution. <laughs> um, how did I change? Oh my God, cat, uh, I changed so much. Like I don't even know. Like how didn't I change? If I could look back two years ago, I wasn't, I mean, I was the same person, 
but I was in a totally different mindset. I was scared. You know, I was scared. I was worried. A little anxious. I was lonely because I'm being an entrepreneur, the loneliness factor and not knowing that it, you can reach out to people and there are communities of people just like me who meet up to co-work and do work and hang out with one another at coffee shops and whatnot. And I was just in a totally different mindset. So I think, how did I change? I became more um, confident. I became more assertive. Um, I think I became more self-reliant. I think I became more ambitious, which I was always an ambitious person, but I felt like when I worked for other people, just my, and like with who I am, I think I got caught up in what my job wanted me to be. So I wasn't able to be in, in the fullness of who God created me to be. I felt like I needed to conform constantly to fit the mold of what they thought you know, they, what they wanted their employees to be like, I couldn't dress a certain way, you know, I, and I think I dress really nice, but it's not like businessy. I dress like a normal human on an everyday basis. I'm just not wearing like a t-shirt and jeans, but if I wanted to, there's a way I could do that. That would look super cute, but the employers wouldn't go for that, you know? And, um, I think, I became more opinionated when I became an entrepreneur. Um, I became more self-sufficient, even though I'm a married woman, I just became a lot more, um, I don't know. Like, I think it just, it gave me so much confidence to know that I could run my own business and I'm fine. Like it's all good, you know? And, um, I just felt like, I just felt like, like wonder woman. I felt amazing. Um, like I, and I don't remember ever feeling like that in any other job I've ever had. Um, I think I felt more in alignment with who I know I'm created to be. Um, I felt more in alignment with that. I felt more tapsy, whatever that meant. Cause I don't think I knew. Yeah. I honestly don't think I knew. I don't think I had stepped into who I was supposed to be. I was kind of a shell of who I could be, you know? So that's kind of, that's kind of my opinion. And that probably sounds really harsh. So it's not that I wasn't a great person to know (laughs) back then, but I think I didn't have this level Mm -hmm. of confidence and all of those things like I have now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it completely makes sense. And I just keep having this vision of that, that moment you leaped. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people they're so focused on the, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. And they have a, oh, bad things are going to happen, but they don't realize the minute you take that leap and step off the cliff, Mm -hmm. something else you want is the minute that you really become who you're meant to be. Yes. You're so stuck in the confines of what you think your life should be or working for somebody else or doing things because other people think you should or culture tells you to. Yes. And the minute you say, no, I'm going to do it my way and you step out of your comfort zone, it's when you learn so much about yourself and you can fully be who you are because in a way people don't leap because there's no safety net. But when you leap, 
you have to be your own safety net. And so that's how you grow and realize how much stronger and more confident you are because yes. of the safety net that you're using. Yes, yes, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I think um, it, like taking that leap, it's going to be one of the scariest things mm-hmm. that you do. One of the scariest things that you do your whole life but it's going to be one of the most worthwhile things because it's just so worth it. It's like it's, being on top of that roller coaster and you're like, Oh my God, why did I do this? This is yes. Awesome. You're going down and you have that giddy feeling. And you're yes. Like, you're like, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Oh my gosh. It's so like that. It's so like that. Ah. Oh. Yeah. It's a roller coaster. I mean, it, it is. is. It and really is. Even like career changes or getting married and having kids or. Right. Like, there's that pit, that point you hit that's like, this is going to be the scariest thing. I can't believe I did this. What the hell? Right. Thinking? Get me right. Outside. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, look at all the successes. They're kind of really cool. I kind of like myself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. It's almost like you, you just got to do it. And then you got to be able to see that it's going to be fine. Like you're going to see that it will be fine. Yeah. Because you're your own safety net. And and I think whatever the leap is, I remember even moving across country. I quit my job, had nothing lined up, had like $5,000 in the bank that was probably going to cost, um, cover the moving costs. And I'm like, I get down here and I'm like, oh, I can always work at Starbucks or AGB or something. I love it. I figured it out. Like I just. I got a job at a spa. I, I mean, I just looked on Craigslist, found a job, you know, and right. it was like, as if once I leaped and did it, the universe was, like, the universe was like, oh, you're really serious about this. Oh, okay. Here's your next step. Here's your right. next step. But you're really, yes. unless you take this leap, you're not telling God that I really want this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I think the leap is about. You know, I believe that God meets you halfway when you take those steps yeah because you aren't going to allow yourself to fail god's not going to allow you to fail and i also think that failure it depends on the lens through which you look at it right because i was just going to ask you about failure and you brought that up oh like it i honestly think it's perspective oh yes i mean i've launched things that didn't go anywhere went right right I was like, okay, I need to tweak that. I need right. to, but I did it. I did it, which was hard to do it. Yeah, right. it didn't land. Nobody bought it. Nobody did anything. But if I tweak it and then I had something to build off of and I learned from it and failures become something so different. Oh, it just looks, it looks so different. It just looks so different. What was going to be your question to me about failure? I was going to ask you because failure is the number one reason people don't embark on asking for the promotion or starting a new relationship or moving, like what if it doesn't work out in your journey? Have you failed? Have you? Oh, one, <laughs> 100%, 100%. Um, in my private practice. Um, I, so when I first started, so remember I had those fears of I'm not, I don't know how to market. I don't know how to sell myself. How do I do it ethically? What does that look like? I don't know anyone that's doing it. And I didn't. I knew nobody that was marketing their private practice, especially when you live in small towns. Some, you just don't always need that extra, the extra exposure. 
um, I, what I've noticed is that a lot of people, they survive from word of mouth. And so, um, which some people would call hope marketing, you know, where you're just hoping that people <laughs> hear about you. And, you know, do I think there's probably some truth to that? Sure. But is there like a system that can fall into place with people just being your own personal, like they are not your own personal person, but they, if they love you, they will rave about you to their friends, you know? And I do believe that that does happen, but should that be your only strategy? Probably not. And so, I mean, but that's just my viewpoint, you know, but I do, I do think it works and it is super effective. Um, but I think when I first started, but I remember when I first started private practice, I was sitting in my office and um, I had told my, <laughs> I had told myself I would just sit there all day. And that's so not me because I'm so impatient. I didn't have any clients, mind you. <laughs> so I had applied to be on all these insurance panels. So I think at that point I had, I was on a few. Um, so. What that means is that the insurance, um, well, if a person calls their insurance and says, hey, are what, where are the therapists in this particular area that specialize with this particular thing, the insurance panels will tell them, like, give them a list yep. of names. You know, they'll just pull them up. So it's not real marketing for you. You just kind of get lucky, if that makes sense, if they give them your name as a suggestion. Um, so anyway, I just remember being like, well, I think I'll just wait. I'll just wait till someone calls me to schedule and because I didn't want to put myself out there. I didn't. And so what ended up happening was that I didn't get clients for quite some time, actually. I mean, within eight months of launching my private practice, I was full. But there were times during that period where I had nobody. And like literally, and so I would just go home after like three hours, you know, like, oh, nobody called. I don't have time for this. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> and now it's so funny. But at the time I was so scared to put in the work to do what it took to get my, to get my name, to get my face out there, to build um, a referral base. Like I didn't know what that meant. And so um, I didn't build my business. I probably could have built it sooner than what I did. Um, but I think I was, I was afraid yeah. I was nervous. And so, um, I didn't see clients for a while. It took me a while to have my first, second, third client. That um, of putting yourself out there. Oh, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult, but I think that's what taught me so much about who I am, what I'm capable of, what I have to offer. Yeah. You know, cause you always have something to offer. And the world will tell back. you that you don't. What'd you say? You, you bounce back. I mean, you, you do in terms of you didn't have clients for a while. Right. That's a great driving force for you to get clients. <laughs> exactly. And especially once I was like, okay, I need to get serious about this. Cause what, what, what it was, was that I wasn't serious. Yeah. I wasn't serious enough. I think in theory, I wanted to work for myself, but I don't think that I was serious enough about it to do what it took. Yeah to get my name out there and to get those steady stream of referrals. I just wanted it handed to me for a little bit because I'm like, really, this is tough. You know, <laughs> this is so hard. What do you mean that they're not going to call? They're not going to call just because I, you know, they're gonna Google my, you. everybody's going to Google you. And find yeah. You. And they're just going to know that I'm in business. Yeah. Cause I did tell a few people. And so I was thinking, well, that's marketing. <laughs> Yeah, I told a couple people, they know I'm in business. They'll call if they need something. 
but I think I needed to get serious about my life. <laughs> I needed to get serious about it. And so when I did, that's when everything fell into place. Um, so yeah, but failure is definitely a part of my journey yeah. for sure. But I think I just looked at it as a setup for a huge comeback. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, people don't talk about it, but everybody fails. I mean, everyone, failed, Oprah right. Failed. Right. Everybody I think, failed. yes. I just noticed that there are people that just don't talk about their failures, you yeah. know, as much. Them so much. Right. I mean, right. You didn't have to talk about his failures too much because he overcame it and he built something big. Yes. You know, it just, it became a blip on the, you know, mm -hmm. on the radar, you know, just, oh yeah, yeah, I failed, but then I built this, so I don't have to focus. Your failures, in my eyes, my failures, I don't call them failures anymore. They were just, hey, that program didn't work, or that right. out, or yeah. Whatever. And then you just keep going. And yeah you're not defined people i think get so worried about being defined by their failures like oh i went to school for this and i didn't do anything with it because i decided not to do it well you learned something from it i'm sure you got something right out of it. right you what you're meant to do so who cares yes exactly no i think that that's a really good point is that your failures just become like a blip on your radar mm -hmm. it's just a part of the journey oh well you know yeah oh well failed at that let's do something else let's try something else if you don't try and if you, if, what is it? There's a saying like, if you don't fail, it means you didn't try. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because, because not everything, I mean, we're, we can have intuition, but we are, we don't, we don't have a crystal ball. So we right. try. And the only way to get to know yourself is to try different things and explore who you are and what you like. Well, that means some things are not going to hit because they right. be aligned with, I know you don't like the word aligned, but aligned. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I used the word aligned a little bit ago and I like, I like wanted to scratch myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like the word aligned. <laughs> used a lot. <laughs> It's so useful, but honestly, there's really not a ton of other words that are just there as fitting. There yeah. isn't, you know, there isn't. So I'm trying to learn to accept it. <laughs> you guys, I hate the word aligned, moist, succulent, and suckle. Those are the most disgusting words. <laughs> I was messaging you one day the word ooze. Ooze. Ew! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny oh my god <laughs> not in our dictionaries anymore <laughs> no not at all oh, it's true. oh my god like there is like i don't know what other word to use other than a line right what's meant for you basically yes like what's right for your journey and what your purpose and calling is and what's in your heart. Some things like you might have a passion for, you want to try it, but then you try it and you're, you're kind of like a kid that tries soccer and then they try learning the saxophone and they yes. and they're like, I don't want to do this, mom. I don't want to do this anymore, mom. And right. Oh my God, I love baseball. Like, and that's what's in their heart. And it's the same thing when we become adults, we think we should know it all. But no, the best part about life, and I always tell my clients the when they say, I don't really want to be in my job anymore. Like, I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. I don't have clarity around what I want to do. I'm like, you're in the best 
place ever, ever. ever. Yes. <laughs> you get to figure out who you really are by trying different things. Yes. It's exciting. It is. It is. It is. And I think it's just, I don't know. I think just overall, it just helps you just become more confident in who you are and what you have to offer. And that's the best, that's the best way to learn. Yeah. Honestly, it's just the best way to learn. Yeah. Uh, so mm. what are, what tips would you give women that are feeling stuck, feeling like they want to make a change in some area of their life, but they, they don't even know where to start. Where would you suggest in, in terms of their growth and their journey? What three tips would you have for them? Um, I would say that it's important, I think, for them to figure out what their spiritual practice is going to be. I think they need to get, I think people need to get comfortable with getting still. So let's say even that you don't really subscribe to um, traditional religion or, um, you know, anything like that. Um, I think you can still, you know, try to create some type of mindfulness, um, some type of practice where you're able to get quiet and hopefully get some clarity. Um, because that's where your clarity is going to come is from the stillness sometimes, you know? And so I think that that'd be one thing that I would suggest that people do is either get more in tune with your spirituality and, or some type of spiritual or mindfulness practice. I think that that's huge. Um, I know for me, that was what was pivotal and instrumental in me feeling more confident um, in my, when I took the leap to go into private practice, I really felt like that is part of what helped me feel more secure because I knew in my heart of hearts that it was God led. Um, and the way that everything um, came together, it, that was divine. Um, so I truly believe that. Um, another tip I would have is to surround yourself with like-minded people um, and change your circle. Um, I think it's good to remember that we are all made up of energy. And so your energy, it matters. And the people that you're around, it really does matter. It's not like a woo-woo, you know, spiritual thing. It's a science thing. And so if you are around people that are draining you and sucking you of your energy and of your creativity, and they're causing for you to feel like where you're at in life is all there is, you, you got to change your circle. Yeah. You have to change your circle. And that might mean finding online, you know, creative people um, similar to me and you who have like-minded beliefs, who want to make a change, who believe that they can make a change. Um, changing your circle involves getting vulnerable and reaching out. And so um, that's going to be huge. Um, I, can't, I, I can't stress enough how much being a part of a mastermind has really helped expand my horizons, provided me with a level of accountability sisterhood, biz besties, all of that stuff. Um, just people who are just boss babes, that is just life-changing. So I think that's really important is to surround yourself with people who uplift you. Um, and that, what'd you say? Challenge you to dream bigger. Yes. Yes. And I love, I'm a part of, um, Kelsey Chapman's mastermind and, um, she, she has us, um, all, um, she assigns us all dream defenders. And I just love that title. So yeah. some, so a sister that's going to defend your dreams, uh, you know, so like how powerful is that? When you're having those down days and you're like, oh, yes, anymore. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, so I love that. And then the last one is um, don't let fear drive the decisions you make, but it can take the passenger seat. And the reason why I say that is because I think there's a lot of talk about, oh, you know, um, get rid of fear and conquer the fear. And sometimes I think it's just about sitting alongside the fear Mm, simultaneously and just saying, you know what, like, I'm not going to let you drive, but you can be here. You have to be quiet, but you can be here, (laughs) you know, because I think fear is what helps keep us safe. Yeah. Without fear, we would have really no, like, you know, um, guideline or, um, yeah, yeah, or reading or way to say, like, what is a good situation for us to be in or not. So it tries to keep us safe and contain us. But I think it's just necessary to know you can be here to try and advise me, but you're not going to drive my decision making. Yeah. And eventually they take a backseat and then they just, yes, because you've proven that's not yes. anymore. I don't have to worry about that. I proved, yes. figured out a way around that or I right. so much about myself. I don't need it anymore. Yes. Yes. So those would be the tips that I would say, um, hopefully that someone could find helpful. That second one, I mean, the first and second one are so, I mean, we don't, when we think of embarking on our journeys and doing something, we, we, ne- we always put the to-do list first. Like in order oh, yeah. to get a job promotion, I must do X, Y, Z, da, da, da. But we, we never put the mindfulness or the spiritual, the faith stuff first. And really, if you lead with that, your intuition and your instincts are sparked, your, you know, your ideas are, you know, are inspired. Right. You're guided. Yes. You're taking that time to quiet your mind. So you allow yourself to feel and know what the next step is, but we're so to-do list driven, driven as opposed to, Hey, we have all the answers already inside us. Yes. And, learn to meditate or learn to pray, you'll, it's, it's, it's like, it's a time saver. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And it saves you from making bad decisions out of fear yeah. Yeah. or out of rush, you know, or out of, you know, just rushing, trying to do the next thing. I think if we just take some time, slow down and just wait and do those things surrounding yourself with like-minded people and tapping into your spiritual belief system, um, and or just stillness, you'll realize that you know exactly what to do. You'll yeah. feel that clarity. And that stuff that you're harping on doesn't matter as much. Right. As your mind, you're like, oh, the dishes can sit there another day. Or exactly. Oh, I don't know, why am I? Why do, I don't even want to do this? Why am I stressing about it? Why don't I just yes. do it? You know. But we don't allow ourselves because we're like, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and yes. This oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if that happens? Once you quiet your mind, it's kind of like the truth is able to bubble up. Yes, exactly, exactly. And surrounding yourself, I didn't realize that I needed to surround myself with like-minded women because I had friends, and it doesn't create your friends. No, understand your journey that you're about, you're on, whatever that journey is. It's okay to keep them, but you have to find the people that are going to understand that you want to become something more and grow and have these dreams. And when you surround, I mean, 
the mastermind that we're in with Kate Krakow, um, when I joined that, I didn't know what to expect. I know I needed a coach and I thought yeah. I need to be around women that are doing my thing, you know? Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. But I never dreamed of a podcast. Uh, this right. had totally different idea around True Joy Revolution. But when I started seeing people in the group were doing podcasts and I was like, all of a sudden, it's just like by osmosis, I guess, was like, I'm going to do a podcast. And it became, first it became a dream, like maybe 2019. Right. And two months later, this was born. And it's because they were doing it and I loved their energy and they were helpful. And right. I realized, well, if they can do it, then maybe can do it and then they're yes. writing books and I'm like wait I'm gonna go write seven books I don't know what seven books I'm reading I don't have ideas for them but I'm like well look at they're doing it and, and the possibilities are endless yeah and how they're growing through the process it's like addicting I'm like I want to grow that much through the process you know like ah, I want to do that I want to be like that um, it's it's electric the energy is it is and I remember one of my clients um she was embarking on restoring furniture and um, she joined a Facebook group. And I remember seeing the difference between her doing it on her own and then joining this Facebook group of women doing it. And then how she oh, was so cool. with them and they were doing it together. And they were, she all of a sudden had the courage to sell her stuff. And wow, and that I knew what she was like before and what right. she struggles. And then all of a sudden, the possibilities change because she was surrounding herself with people doing it. Yes. That changes everything. 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 And it's, you have to find the right group. It took yeah. so many and then left so many. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. It's about finding that right fit. Yeah. Like yeah. Relationship, right? Any right. You've got to find the right ones and you might have to go to different meetup groups or Facebook. Right. Groups, you know. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly how it is. So how so, has your mindset, one final, two final questions. How has yeah. your mindset grown? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say that it's grown in terms of, um, my mindset has expanded to looking at things as being possible instead of, you know, feeling like they're unreachable. So I feel like, you know, in terms of writing a book or in terms of like launching my own mastermind, which I will be in 2019. <laughs> Yay. I feel like that's how my mind that, you know, right there is like how my mindset has shifted. You know, is that, was that your question? How has my mindset changed? What you're capable of where before you didn't even know if you were capable of. I didn't. Yes. So it's like just by taking the leap and just by putting into action um, those things that I needed to do in order to be successful, my mindset shifted right there with just doing the work, mm -hmm. taking the action. And it's hard. It's so hard. It doesn't feel comfortable. There were lots of tears. There were lots of nights of what in the world am I doing? Have I messed up my life? You know, like, like yeah. there were so many moments like that, but my mindset shifted when I decided to have the courage to take the leap and I haven't looked back ever since. And so now the things that I feel like I am called to do are so much more bigger than what I ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And so now I just feel like there are just limitless opportunities, wow. you know, that I have that I, I never, I knew that I could do anything, but I don't think I was living that out, you know? 
And I was, think was it your mindset that was holding you back from even hearing that that was your calling? Absolutely, because I think I thought, well, I've only been in, you know, I've only been, you know, a clinical therapist for I don't know at that time I think it was five years, right? So I was like, who am I? Who am I to do that? Some people don't go into private practice until they're in their you know, fifties and it's like a retirement thing, you know, maybe sixties. Like they just, all right, they've already gotten their 401k. They got their retirement funds. They've, this is their fun money. Yeah. So I didn't think I could, I didn't really know that it was possible to have this be, no, this is what I do, you know, before I'm, you know, 30, (laughs) which is just crazy. (laughs) It's insane. So, but it allows you to fulfill a calling if you didn't wait and stay stuck in one area. It allows you to do so much more in this lifetime. Yes. It does. It definitely does. Um, So, so anyway, yeah, I think my mindset shifted because I did those things and I realized that what is what was open to me was so much more than what I ever imagined. so much more uh, right now too. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! Like the conver- the conversations I'm having with people now, mm-hmm. like I'm really tapping into my masculine energy, where I'm like getting stuff done, very <laughs> task oriented, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Whereas before, I felt like it was imbalanced. You know, like I had a lot of feminine energy and very like you know I think social worky like empathetic and I'm still all of those things because that's what I do for a living however I think being able to the business part of launching a business and the business part of you know preparing to launch a mastermind and all of that stuff it involved me tapping into a side of myself that I didn't even know was there yeah yeah and I love it so much I love the dichotomy of it it's just it's fulfilling. It's more than I ever thought it would be. And we're so much more than we think we are. So we are more to you. That's going to come. Yes. As you and grow. that exactly. And I'm so excited to, I'm so excited to see that happen. Dreams can pop up and <sighs> in like six months, two months, one month. Right. Timetable to I know. Yeah. So what <sighs> is next on your path? Um, so definitely launching my own mastermind in 2019 doing more in-person workshops. Um, I had my first private practice workshop teaching other therapists how to build their private practice. That was in August. Very successful. Super happy with that. Um, Doing more of those, doing um, more virtual workshops, Um, just providing people with lots and lots of value. Um, I have an Instagram page at Topsy Vandenbosch, um, T-O-P-S-I-E, and then Vandenbosch, V-A-N-D-E-N-B-O-S-C-H. Um, you could follow me on there. Um, I'm always uh, trying to give some value on my Insta stories and letting you guys in on what a day in the life of um, Topsy looks like and um, trying to talk to you guys about what it's like to work on your mindset and the different things and steps you need to take in order to do that. Um, so yeah, trying to travel more, lots more. That's what's next on my agenda. I'm trying to go all of the places that I never thought that I would go. Yeah. So, and I yay. That. You have the, the freedom and time and yes. work environment. 
exactly to do what I want. So that's what's next. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Yeah. And definitely follow Topsy. I love listening to her every day. She gives some valuable tips on how to live a better life. I love it. And Thank you. And you <laughs> a lot. I'm okay. too much. <laughs> if you guys go back and read my highlights, like it, I mean, watch my highlights on my Instagram page. It's just a riot watching myself. Oh. I'm so ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I look forward to your every day. I love watching your Insta stories because you get me zen. Because I'm always like blah blah blah, and like, (laughs) (laughs) no, you're so zen. I love watching your stories. I'm sitting in my backyard. I love it. I love it. It like calms me down and it gets me feeling like grounded. Just watching you and chocolate just interact. (laughs) Chocolate, your dog. I just love it so much. <laughs> Take up my Instagram and start partying hard. And- <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. Zen girl. <laughs> every day with a dog. <laughs> I can't even imagine you mixing it up. I love the Zen stuff. Oh. What? That's, and I had to remind myself sometimes, like, you're so lazy. All you do no. is like, no, this is the life I wanted. I yes. Stuff. Like, I just want to sit in my backyard with my dog and read a book. See? Exactly. And that's the vibe I get when I watch you. I'm like, oh, she looks like she's so relaxed. And then I try to go in my backyard and there's like bugs. And I don't know if you saw my my stories the other day where it was like, oh my gosh, I tried to go for a walk. This was Sunday with my husband. And I had been talking all day, like the first day of fall, like which was Saturday, we didn't get to do anything. So I want to go for a walk today. I want to get out. So I did. And I got weak. I got tore up. I got bit by all of like the, the, I swear the state bird of Michigan is the mosquito. And (laughs) that's what my friend messaged me and said. And I was like, yes, I agree. I got tore up. And I said, this is why I don't go outside. And so it was just hilarious. So watching you in your backyard with your dog, inspiring, because I can't do the same thing here. I just get so uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. I, I don't show the bug moments. There's a lot of guys out there in fire ants, but I don't show them. I, well, the fire ants I do, but. Yes, I remember you showed me the fire ants. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, so thank, thank you so much, so Kat. It was so great chatting with you. Thank you all for joining us for True Joy Revolution. Definitely follow Topsy on Instagram. Uh, you will be very inspired and we will see you all next time. Bye. Hi, Joyful Lady. Thank you so much for listening to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I want to invite you to come join us in my free Facebook community, Joyful Life Society. Connect with other women just like you, stepping out of their comfort zones and overcoming their fears to live life their own way. In the group, you'll be able to share your journey, receive support and encouragement, and free resources to help you reach your goals and dreams. So hop over to Facebook, search Joyful Life Society, and add yourself to the group. I look forward to seeing you in there. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episodes of inspiring conversations each week right when they launch.